Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Exurga Deus dispentur inimici eius et fubianchio derenteum a pace eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. There was a talk, a podcast I was listening to, <clears throat> talking about conservatives, and I remember it was, I don't remember what the podcast was. So I'm sorry I can't give credit to it. Um, but it was talking about conservatives and liberals and American politics and the whole nine yards. And while I was listening to it, I had a revelation. Conservatism is destined to lose. It cannot be another way. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangelae, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias, diaboli est opraecidium. Imperet ilideus, supplicas de precamor, tuque princeps militae calestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos, que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Jesus sacratissimum, miserere nobis, Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. 
Beatis Carolus Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus. Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est, in nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> now, for my regular audience, you may have heard me say something along the lines of American about American politics basically being a dumpster fire, and that it is actually, just by and large, futile. You've heard me say about democracy and similar forms of government that they are straight garbage. I think that may be the first time I've been using that phrase altogether. However, it is not. And by the way, so Winston Churchill, I think, said something to the effect of democracy is the worst possible form of government except all the other ones, which is a lie. Democracy is actually the worst possible form of government without any caveats, addenda, or appendices. No footnotes, no asterisks, nothing. And the sort of government that we've allowed to fester and sort of foment in these United States and around the world, because the republic is simply... It's like, well, it's not a democracy, it's a republic. And if you look at every single republic in the history of mankind, what you get is the same thing. Christ gets sent to the cross and Barabbas gets liberated. That's how that runs. That's how it goes. Every single time. Anytime you're looking at something, you're like, oh, hey, well, yeah, there's... It's like some of you out there, particularly on the off chance you happen to be a Protestant who has not been beaten around the head and neck enough by someone like me listening to this podcast, <clears throat> I can tell you, you hear that ring true in the back of your mind. You're like, yeah, the people called for the release of Barabbas and they crucified Christ. And that was chosen by the people. And then you immediately have it bounce off of your head like it, like it registers. And then something along the lines of this comes in. But we are much more evolved than they are. And that is the lie that you have to reach deep down into your soul, grab it by the cajones, and yank out. You have to tear that out because it is trash. It is a lie. And it's going to get you killed. Now, we all suffer from I can do this myself. And that's why democracy and, re and a republic sounds so good. Oh, it's freedom. I get to do what I want. I get to make my own choices. And I got it. I understand the appeal. I used to be a libertarian for crying out loud. Thank you, Jesus in heaven. Thank you so much for curing me of that disease. <clears throat> because it is a disease. I'm not a libertarian. I'm Catholic. Catholics believe in hierarchy. Catholics believe in scripture-based hierarchy. Catholics believe that the reason why kings are put in place is so that the people have someone whose sole job is to take care of them. It's their job. See, we like to say the word, oh, well, you know, but you're electing a public servant. I want you to look at every politician on earth and ask yourself, how come every elected politician is some kind of dirtbag? How come the best possible person that you could get 
always ends up being the one that stabs you right in the back and does something that's absolutely abominable. Oh, you can trust the experts. Actually, no. No, I can't. Oh, trust the science. Actually, go pound sand. We have had it illustrated to us time and time and time again. And the only thing that I think really, really bugs me to, to no end is that I have to continually listen to all of these Protestantized morons who do not understand that, no, you will never have a president or a congressman or a senator who is a servant of God. You will never have a truly Christian political leader. It's not possible. You look at the politicians today. What's the biggest problem with all of the American politicians? They're all bought and paid for by somebody, right? Well, newsflash. They're all bought and paid for, and so are you. The problem is, is that you're at the bottom of the ladder where they're standing on your head and asking you to hand your money up to them. Asking you to hand your authority up to them. But they're saying, no, but you're really the one in charge. Really? How am I the one in charge? Because now we're going to land on why specifically conservatism will always fail. How am I the one in charge? Because if you were to take a poll of every single conservative on earth, or, the Ameri or whatever the equivalent is to the American conservative, you know, the kind of guy who wants to be left alone, who wants to raise his family, who wants to, you know, work a decent job and make a decent wage and raise a wife and, and get married and have kids and raise a family. What is the number one thing that they can take advantage of? It's the fact that you have your own priorities. You have your wife, you have your kids, you have your property, you have, you have the things that you're trying to put together so that your kids somehow have a better future than you did. Assuming you can even get that far, which I got to be honest with you, we know is really not that easy these days because the system is actually designed against you. <clears throat> Democracy is rapacious, period, full stop. And when you have a democracy, you have people whose sole purpose is to actually get their sorry asses elected and not to get their own asses into heaven. Because if you had a Christian servant of God, he could not betray you. Not if he wanted to get into heaven. And the whole point behind being Christian, it's, and this is the thing, this is probably the thing that really, like, grinds my gears is an understatement. Let's just say pisses me off to the highest level of passivity. Because we have all of these Christians who think that they're doing the right thing and that they're just going to happen to land in heaven. And I say Christians, these are small c Christians. These are Protestants and many Catholics who just assume that if they're doing, you know, the little bit here and there, they're going to manage to get into heaven without any sacrifice, without any prayer, without any penance. Oh, but I pray. Yeah, stop praying to hit the lotto. Stop praying for the Maserati. Stop praying for the new job. 
a true capital C Christian, a Catholic, a true Catholic, prays for the, their own salvation, understands that they have to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling, understands that in order for them to be saved just by themselves, notwithstanding, notwithstanding anything else, assuming you live as a single person from birth to natural death, you're just trying to get your own behind into heaven. You're just, you're literally, I'm looking out for number one, and number one needs to go to heaven. Then there's prayer, there's penance, there's sackcloth, there's fasting, there's ashes, there's sacrifice. All of the great saints, all of the monastics and the, and the cloistered nuns, all of them, Lives of sacrifice, lives of discomfort, lives of knowing that they had to earn everything, that they had to pay for every little slight, for the slightest offense, for the slightest bit of inattention. I'm thinking of St. Teresa of Avila, who, under, who while in, in her biography... In Butler's Lives of the Saints, they talk about how she exaggerated her transgressions. And sometimes you have to to make them visible so that you can so that you can illustrate the point that you're trying to make. Now, St. Teresa of Avila was no inveterate sinner like Caleb the Mechanic. She would be horrified and, and sorrowful to hear the list of sins that come, out, that come out in one general confession for Caleb the Mechanic. But, to her credit, she would still also say, but I'm the worst sinner. Because while I would be an absolute horror show for her, She wouldn't dare actually stand in judgment. In fact, indeed, she was probably the type of person who would use my transgressions to illustrate and define the left and right limits of what's going on in her life. Because she would see the parallels, all of the roots. <clears throat> but someone like her, someone like St. Augustine, was trying to help get other Christians to heaven simply by telling them, this was my life. This is what God showed me. This is what got revealed in my life. And this is why I know I have to, I have to amend and I have to compensate God for all of the many transgressions in my life. That is the Christian baseline for getting into heaven. Why? How do we know? Because that's what it, because the, the saints, the doctors, the fathers of the church, they're all pretty much unanimous. That's the level you got to be at if you really want to get into heaven. And a Christian political leader would understand that if that's what the person who grows, who, who is born and grows up and is never married and never has children, if that's the standard they've got, then you have the additional responsibilities. Because fathers, 
you'll be held accountable for all of your transgressions and all of the stumbling blocks that you place before your children in keeping them from getting into heaven. And you'll be and you will be held accountable for all of the stumbling blocks that you put in front of your wife trying to keep her from getting into heaven. And if you're, you know, what should be an average Catholic family, that means you're on the hook for anywhere from 6 to 12 other souls. Maybe more. And that's just a family. And the mayor may have 10 or 20,000 families that they're responsible for. That they will be held to account for. And the county commissioners might have an additional 50,000 families. Or if you're in a large city, like New York, and you're the mayor, and you're held to account for the souls of all 12 million. And that's the thing that our politicians don't understand, because if they did understand, they would never run for office. If you knew that God was going to hold you to account, as you, representative, whoever, you're going to be held to account for the 43,000 voters and their families. You're going to be held to account for your entire congressional district. You're going to be held to account, not just in how good of a servant you are to give them what they want, you're going to be held to account for the salvation of their very souls. And that is the thing that modern democracies and modern republics fail to comprehend. Do you think that responsibility went away? Oh, but I'm a congress, and that's the thing. We don't look at it that way, and neither do they. I can guarantee that they don't. Because if they did, none of them would ever run. If you knew that, if you knew that by setting a stumbling block before one family in your congressional district, one family gets condemned because of your actions, and you go to hell, and you've got forty-three thousand people, you would act a completely different way. And in America, we have this system that is absent th that one fact. Oh, you're a senator, and you're responsible for the 30 million souls if you're in a state like California or Texas. Something you do causes one of those souls to go to hell, and it's on your tab. Or you're the president of the United States, and you're responsible for the salvation of three 150 million souls. And if your actions cause one soul to go to hell, you will be held to account. That is what blessed Karl, Emperor Karl Habsburg, the Holy Roman Emperor, Emperor of Austria and Hungary, That is what Carl knew. That is why Carl, blessed Carl, my extraordinarily distant cousin, is cited in almost every episode. That's why it's Beatus Carolus et Domo Austriae, blessed Carl of Austria, of the House of Austria.
because he knew. He knew he was responsible for that. He knew he was responsible. He wasn't going to be directly responsible for every single thing that happened, but he knew that his actions had an imminent effect on the souls of every Hungarian and Austrian citizen, every one of his people. He knew it. And that is the thing that is missing in politics today because everybody's too busy running and everybody sets the standard at how good of a servant of the people whatever, it, whatever debauched nonsense they want is. And before too long, it's not even that. It's how good you can pull one over on all those people so you can do what you want. And the reason why conservatism is destined to lose is because, like I said, the proper conservative understands he's got he's to act in accord with his state and station. You don't have time for global politics. You don't have time for national politics. Most of you don't have time for local politics. You barely have time for the local news. You get your little emotional outrage. You scream out, there should be a law against, and then that's pretty much it. And if that was all there was to democracy and republic forms of government, well, then it would be okay and you might have a chance. But it's not. It's not because a conservative has too much other stuff to do to get involved. And it shows with the pro-life movement. Now that it's no longer a national thing, now it's much, much harder to track down. There are a lot more people talking about it because ostensibly you can move the needle much more rapidly at the local level. And so there's much more talk about it. But that national coalition, that's not necessary anymore because now abortion is only allowed. And nobody wants to get so involved as to try and just outright ban abortion from coast to coast. No one wants to, okay, we're going to do a federal amendment that recognizes that the 14th Amendment applies to the unborn. Nobody wants to do that. Why? Because as soon as it's done, it's done. And that is the, that's the other problem with conservatism. So you see something that is outrageous, appalling, disastrous, diabolical. And you're incensed, even to the point of actually doing something about it. And then as soon as the problem is passed, you're done. So what happens? <clears throat> pro-life politicians, national politicians who are pro-life, they run on a platform of being pro-life. They'll say, we'll do this, that, and the other. And then they don't. Why? Because once it's done, so are they. And they're not really there to serve you. They're there to serve themselves. So once you achieve the objective, once you really actually defeat one of the major evils, now what? The money dries up. The activism stops. And you, dear conservative, go back to sleep.
You know who doesn't go to sleep? The people who perpetrated all of that diabolical nonsense that got you motivated in the first place. They don't go to sleep. So what happens? You have successfully rallied. You have successfully gotten the politicians to do what you want. You have achieved your objective. It is done, right? Wrong. There's another election. And now the people who were against you have a reason to rally. Now they have motivation. They have purpose. They have a reason to act. And so they do. And they manage to push the Overton window over just a little bit more. They didn't... We didn't get to the point where we were okay with sodomy. Because we actually think butt sex is good. We got to the point where nationally we were willing to accept sodomy just so they'd shut up. So they'd finally stop talking about it. And this is how they conned you. So they had, so they had the, the, the Stonewall City riots and all of a sudden it's this, that, and the other and pride and pride and pride and Rainbow Coalition and GLAD and, 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 and queer, 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 etc. Right? And then they're like, well, we're going to go into Hollywood and we're going to make TV shows like Queer as Folk and we're going to gay up the kids and we're going to do all of these things so that this way it's like, well, come on, Dad. That was so 1960s. How are you going to be a stick in the mud? And eventually you're just like, fine. Stop talking about it. Leave me alone. And so you concede. Great job. Like, now maybe they'll stop. And they stopped for like, what? A year? And then they got on it again. And how'd they get there? I mean, seriously, they had to lie to do it, too. Because they're all like, well, it's not my fault. I'm born this way. The same crap they're saying today. They're born this way. How do you know? You can't tell by the genitalia that's actually physically hanging off their bodies. How do you know? Because of the genitalia that's physically hanging off your bodies. No, you're not born this way. No, you were not born that way. No, you are a boy or a girl. And the fact that you're attracted to someone of the same sex, that is a dysfunction. The chemicals in your brain, for whatever reason, they're just not working right. It is out of order. You're the pinball machine that has been knocked around so much that it just says tilt, tilt, tilt. And rather than doing what you need to do to fix it, you're just going to sit there in that muck and filth. And I got to be honest with you, it was at this point right here where I was truly tempted to say something truly disgusting just to drive the point home. And I don't mean vituperative. I'm actually literally mean something that would have you gag. Just to drive the point home. But we're going to stop at butt sex. That's where we're stopping. 
So we're not going to get any more disgusting than that phrase. <clears throat> but eventually, it's like, you know what? Maybe they are born this way. And it's mostly because you just wanted them to shut up, didn't you, conservatives? You're just like, if we just give it, like, let's just, just shut Just Maybe they'll stop. Maybe they'll just shut up. I don't really care. It's not in my house. Crap. They got my son. They got my daughter. All right. Okay, now what? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. How do they even do that? Oh, it's like I didn't. It's like I wasn't the one who raised them. I thought I taught them better than that. Nah, dog, you sent them to public school, bruh. What were you thinking? You couldn't be bothered to stay home and teach them. And if you would have bothered to stay home and teach them, some of the other stuff they're constantly griping about, like, you know, wages, would be different. But we'll get... <laughs> we'll leave... I'm just going to leave that one alone. You know, that's another fight for a different episode. Actually, it's another fight for 10 minutes from now. Currently, we're going to hold on to this one because this is the perfect... This is, I get to illustrate with this one because this is the one that truly got out of hand and this is the one that really woke everybody up and this is the one where people are going to have to really settle down and figure out, are you just a conservative or are you going to actually be Christian? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you're just a conservative in about five or 10 years... Even conservatives are going to be talking about how they self-mutilated their own genitalia, how they got quote-unquote sex changes, how they trans their own kids, 
because conservatives did not successfully defend against abortion. Conservatives did not successfully defend against the Rainbow Coalition. Conservatives did not successfully defend against the open border in the southern United States. Conservatives did not successfully defend against the defunding of the police. Conservatives did not successfully defend against onerous, retarded-ass laws coast-to-coast. Conservatives did not stop them when they said the right to bear arms shall not be infringed, and they went and fringed. Because conservatives will fight for a thing, say, this is what has always been true, and as soon as they're like, okay, and then they walk away, and then they go, well, we're going to do it anyway. And that's exactly what's happened every step of the way. Because a conservative, unlike a Catholic, will eventually get tired. The truths of the Catholic faith we had to fight to defend for 1960 years, and then because America came along and act, and supposedly won the freaking Second World War, oh, well, maybe we'll do what they do, and that is where we're like, oh, okay, fine, whatever, let's just go. Meanwhile, 100 generations of Catholics are like, are you kidding? 100 generations of saints are like, you got to be kidding me right now. The Blessed Mother herself is looking, going, seriously, that was what you did? That, that was what caused you to give up the ghost? Are you stupid? And she'd never say that. But she had to be appalled. She had to be watching, going, oh, really? How do I know? She didn't say it like that, first off. The Blessed Virgin Mary is not a dude. So she's not going to say it the way I say it. Glory to God. Thank you, God. She's not going to say it the way I say it. Glory to God. Thank you, God, that she is the mirror of justice. Glory to God. Thank you, God, that she is the exemplar par excellence and not me. Because if it was me, I'd have gave up, I'd have threw my hands up in the air and I'd have gave up and said, seriously, people, are you that stupid? I am definitely not her. She cares enough to intercede. I got fed up with Hamas. She cares enough to, to be like, hey, really? Penance, penance, penance. I've given you the rosary for crying out loud. Use it. Call on me and I will come to help you. I would have said, screw it. Drop the bomb. Fire from the sky. It's over. Wrap it up. <clears throat> Roll, peel back the heavens like a curtain and allow the new Jerusalem to come down and let's just erase this whole thing. I would have said, screw it. It's not worth it. How do I know? Because I'm literally sitting every day. I pray, Father, your will be done. I don't even want to be involved. This stuff disgusts me. 
your will be done. Whatever it is you want, that's what I want. I will pray for that. I don't even know. I cannot comprehend because I know that I personally look at what's going on in the world and I'm like, screw it, erase it all. I know exactly what the consequences of that are. Unlike most Catholics, I've been to frickin' war and I know what the bloodshed's like. I know what the pain and the desolation is. I've already endured it. I gotta be perfectly honest with you. There's a part of me, the very un-Catholic part of me, that looks and goes, screw it, everybody else can suffer that too. I don't care. I did it, they can do it. <laughs> like I said, be glad. It's not me. I'm not the one. I don't have the patience. I would not have put up with the garbage that we have put God through for the last 2,000 years. I certainly would not have put up with any of the trash that he has had to put up with, particularly out of these United States for the last 250 years. You persecuted my church. You persecuted my peoples. You persecuted people I sent my priests to go defend. Be glad I'm not God. Be glad I'm not the one who gets to say that because if I was the one to say that, I would say, screw it. Let the nuclear fire fall. Why? They're not going to repent anyway. And here's the real kicker. Most of the people in these United States are not going to repent. That's the kicker. Most of the people in these United States, by the time they figure out how truly screwed up their whole worldview was, how completely screwed and degenerate they really are, by the time they figure it out, it'll be too late and God's not even going to be asking. And God is willing to put up with us from now until then with them acting the bloody fool all the way to the end. He's willing to put up with them acting that way. He's willing to put up with us being as stupid as we are. He's willing to put up with all the crap, the blasphemy, the evil, the wickedness, the degeneracy. The butt sex is really at the lower end of the spectrum on this because we're far worse. Do you understand that butt sex has more class than the average American? I can't believe he just said that. Sorry, boss. I'm just calling balls and strikes right now. And the average American is more degenerate than butt sex. The average American is far, far worse. Because remember, the Ten Commandments are written in, in descending order. The most important one is the first. The least important one is the tenth. But they're all abominable in the sight of God. But they are exponentially bad. Like, when you go 10, 9 is exponentially worse than, than 10. 8 is exponentially worse than 9. 7 is exponentially worse than 8. 6 is exponentially worse than 7. 5 is exponentially worse than 6. 5 is murder. 6 is adultery. 4 is worse than murder. 3 is worse than murder. What's four? Oh, yeah, that's right. The Sabbath. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Mom and dad. That's right. <clears throat> to dishonor your parents is worse than murder. 
Honor your father and your mother. Fourth commandment. Third commandment. Keep the holy day. Third commandment. Violation of the third commandment. Worse than violation of the fifth commandment. Fifth commandment is murder. Why do I keep going back to the fifth commandment? Because that's one we can all wrap our freaking heads around. And we can really understand that as this is actually drawn out and illustrated. Oh, wait. Butt sex. Way down at the bottom. Murder. Much, much higher. What we do on a daily basis is worse than murder. We deny the Lord our God. We blaspheme his holy name. And we do not keep the holy days of obligation. And that's just as a baseline. We don't even start getting into abominable activity of the butt sex variety until commandment number six and commandment number nine. Fantasizing about it and acting on it. Inversely. Six, acting on it. Nine, fantasizing about it. <clears throat> but we do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on an hourly basis, minute by minute is worse than the butt sex that we've allowed to permeate our entire culture. By the way, I promise I will stop using that phrase at some point. I really only want to use it as the illustrative so that you really understand where we're at. Because the average person, to say nothing of the average Catholic and the average Christian, the average person in America, the believer, non-believer, doesn't freaking matter. They're not going to repent. It's, by the way, it's not that I don't want them to repent. I'm not talking about what I want. Scripture tells me they're not going to repent. The inerrant word of God says that the average person is not going to re repent. In the Apocalypse of St. John, it says, and men stiffened their necks and did not repent from the evil that they have done. It says it again and again. The vast majority of people are not going to repent. And God is willing to allow this just to get the ones that he chooses. He's willing to allow all of that, which I got to be honest with you. Be real with yourself. How many people in this country have said that what Hamas has done to Israel was so bad that Hamas should be completely wiped off the planet? You are less patient than God. Because all Hamas did was murder. They murdered. 2,000 people. By the way, I'm pretty, I'm saying 2,000. They haven't confirmed that's the number. I'm assuming that's probably going to be the number in the end. It may be more. But I'm just going to go ahead and draw this out to the end and say, okay, on that day of whatever that thing that they thought they were going to do, that they thought was a good idea, they did it to 1,200 people. They'll probably do it to seven or 800 more, if not more than that. I'm just going to use 2,000. They murdered 2,000 people. We're ready to eradicate them, apparently. You listen to people like Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, they're ready to erase the Gaza Strip off the map. Forget about the Palestinian Christians. Forget about the innocent women and children. The actual, like the ones who are like, dude, seriously, this is what you're doing? They don't have a say. In the, and by the way, if you're a woman or a child, you don't actually have a say. They're like, oh, but Hamas is the elected government. They don't really have a say, bro. You know, good and well, the only votes they counted were Muslim men. 
You think they were going to let Christians have an idea on that one? Come on. Well, they won the election at a landslide. Was that a real election? <laughs> Honestly. Or did they just do what they had to do to get power? Because that's what they do. <laughs> because you idiots <laughs> made a democracy. <laughs> of course Barabbas is going to win, you mook. It's a democracy. These people. <laughs> well, they voted in Hamas. Well, duh. Barabbas got released from prison. Remember, idiot? Of course they were going to release Barabbas. Blah. Merciful God. If you don't pour out your grace on us all, I don't know what the heck's going to go on. Because <clears throat> what I do know is I'm running out of patience to watch people spin their wheels and say the same thing over and over again. Now we need to do this, bro. <laughs> you don't get to stand on the moral high ground. If you blaspheme God, you don't get to, like, like I'm just going to lay this out there. Any politician who's willing to blaspheme God any politician who thinks it's okay to work on the on the holy days of obligation, and I'm saying the holy days of obligation so that you understand that I'm not just talking about the eight that the Catholic Church has said, says are the holy days of obligation. Freaking Sunday's in that. If you think it's okay to work on the Lord, on the days set aside for God, you're already more degenerate than Hamas. Well, that's weird. It seems like, like, think about that. It's like, how can he say that, that working on Sunday is worse than killing babies? First off, half the people who are irritated about that probably have killed babies themselves. Duh, most conservatives partake in abortion too. Duh! All of the people who are outraged are baby killers. Every, like, seriously, every single person who's come out and say, we need to do something about this, even it doesn't even really matter what side of the, of, of the aisle they're on. Uh, we need to do something about this. From the river to the sea, <laughs> Palestine will be free. Doesn't matter. Pick your side on that one. We need to eradicate Hamas. We need to eradicate Israel. Either side of those. All of them. Everybody, all of them. All of them have permitted abortion. All of them have promoted abortion. All of them have gone ahead and signed into law. Well, if that's what the people want. So they're already baby killers anyway. What do I care? You, you can look at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> but in extremis veritas est. You will find the truth all the way in the extremes. And the truth is, every single person who's okay with working on days that belong to God, you're already worse than murderers. Because where murder only involves creation, <laughs> you don't care about the creator. Every one of those transgressions is an infinite transgression. If I kill a baby, 
that is a measurable unit. If I blaspheme God or disobey God, that's a little bit worse. Just a touch, you know. 1% of infinity is still infinity. A tenth of a percent of infinity is still infinity. Doesn't matter how many, how small you try to divide up infinity, you end up with, say it with me now, infinity. So the smallest, most venial of sins against God are still infinite sins. And these people blaspheme him. These people reject his edicts. These people reject him and his name. They, and particularly, and it's like, what do I care about a bunch of uncircumcised Philistines? And I use that term even against the Israelis, knowing full well, yes, I know they're all circumcised. I don't care. They're not circumcised in the heart. Which is really the only place God wants us to be circumcised is on the, is circumcise your heart. Soften the heart. Do not harden your heart. Doesn't really care how much skin you cough, cut off of your tallywhacker if you're not actually softening your heart and opening your heart to him, then he doesn't care. Doesn't really matter. You know all of those rules were put there because you couldn't even follow the basic rules. <clears throat> You can hear him on the mountain. You can see the cloud during the day and the fire at night. You can hear his voice, thunderous. Lightnings and thunder as he proclaims his laws to Moses. And what do you do while that's happening? He is right there. You can bloody turn to the, you can look up the mountain and see him. Oh, we're going to make a calf because Moses been up there too long. We're going to make a calf. Let us go ahead and worship that little piece of gold. That God, <laughs> the God that wiped away Pharaoh's army, the God that eradicated Sodom and Gomorrah, <laughs> the God that tore down the walls of Jericho, that stopped the sun in the sky and dialed it back 10 hours for the prophets. <laughs> that God is the God who knew you were going to nail him to the cross and most of you were going to reject him. And you did it anyway. He's the God who knew that most of the people today, despite the fact that you have billions of people, that we have all this scientific empirical evidence that can prove beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that yes, in fact, the God-man, Christ Jesus, was here, did live, was crucified, and was resurrected. The high priests knew it at the time. They were Look, the high priests saw him raise Lazarus. They were going to kill Lazarus again just to put a finish to it. That God, the one who is very clearly what I am not, 
I am not patient. I am not kind. In general, I'm polite. But after as long of, of a life of, as I've had in the path of the life, I am still working on my first solution when I deal with someone who is unpleasant. I'm still working on dialing it back from kill it. That is my first solution. Cut its throat. Pull its tongue out of, out of its open hole. Hang it from a tree. Peel its skin and use its skin like a flag. And in this way, I don't ever have to worry about that unpleasantness again. That's what I have to talk myself down from when I deal with someone who's a little obnoxious. Because I didn't have to deal with obnoxious in Afghanistan. If it was obnoxious, I could kill it. I didn't have to deal with obnoxious when I was overseas fighting on your behalf. By the way, that was what you were paying for. That was the service you were paying for while I was overseas. In case you get it twisted. So having been on that side of the aisle, on that side of the fence, on the outside of the fence, far beyond our nation's borders, I can tell you that those people are precisely the type to free Barabbas. I can tell you that they don't like you. They don't like conservatives. You make, you make, the, you make them feel like the freaks that they make themselves out to be. And they make themselves out to be this way. A conservative does not bleach his hair blonde to dye it purple. A conservative does not punch giant holes in his ears and in his nose and mark up his face and neck and chest. Oh, wait, no, I take that back. I take that back. Here's how good conservatism has worked so far. Conservatives actually do that now. I mean, yes, you have Benji Shapiro and some of the people who appear on television, but you have other people who are, you know, more conservative entertainers. I'm looking at you, Tom McDonald. <laughs> I want to hold what I've got. I want my family and this and that and the other. Great. Why did you mark yourself permanently? And I'm not, I'm not even going so far as to cast the aspersions against people with tattoos. I have tattoos. But do you understand that there's a small portion of the modern conservative movement that has tattoos all up on the face and giant F-off holes in their ears stretched out by these metal rings? and piercings in their nose, and tattoos on their hands across their knuckles, where they say blasphemous things. <laughs> and 
and they've done hard time or they've suffered hard times. The two different things, one actually talking about going to prison, the other one actually just suffering a whole bunch. In a couple of years, conservatives are going to have purple hair, and they're going to be obese, and they're going to be pierced, and they're going to be just as disgusting as most of these <laughs> liberals are. <laughs> and they're going to be holding, I mean, they're going to be trying to stop something, maybe. Maybe. But you give them another few years, and it's going to be a human right to cut off your, to cut off your testicles and chop off your penis and put, I don't know, some kind of silicone in your chest to make boobs. <laughs> Another five or so years, it really is going to be ma'am. <laughs> While it's not. I mean, we're having the recoil now because they've gone so far and it's like, oh my goodness. But eventually, this too will pass and they will get tired of fighting it. And they'll be like, you know what? Screw it. Do what you want. And conservatives will have lost another battle because they refuse to stand on truth. They think they've got this one. They're like, no, surely we can't go past gender. Bro, you call it gender. It's your biological sex, dude. You are born man and woman, and that's it. It's really not negotiable. But eventually these incessant retards are going to draw you down where you're like, screw it, do what you want. And if you want proof, then I want you to Google the name Blair White. Because that is a conservative. That is in the conservative movement. That is MAGA. Well, sorry, Shug. You're not Catholic. See, it is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church that has immovable, unchangeable truth. And I got it. The Pope is doing his thing right now with the synod on synodality. I got it. What we have is a bunch of people going, is he the Pope? Is he not the Pope? This can't be the Pope. I'm Senator Conte. I recognize and resist. Look, all of you people, and particularly if you claim to be Catholic and you're actually, you know, receiving him on your knees and on the tongue, if you're striving for a good Catholic life, shut up. Shut up about the Pope. Why? Because when they ask, well, isn't that what it means to be Catholic? You go, no, that has never been what it meant to be, what it means to be Catholic. You could never cohabitate with a member of the opposite sex before marriage. No, you could never contracept. No, you could never have an abortion. No, you could never engage in butt sex. No, not ever. That ain't Catholic. And they say, but the Pope, 
I don't care. Sacred scripture says, but if I, this is Paul talking. Paul is saying, if I come back and tell you something that is not in line with what I already told you about the gospel, if I or an angel or someone else preach to you another gospel, let them be accursed. And if Paul can say it about himself, knowing full well he's never going to come back and teach another gospel, you don't do that when you've had an ultra-personal encounter with Christ. You don't do that when your conversion was at the hands of God himself. You just don't do that. But I thought the Pope was infallible. Not if he's a moron. If he claims to be the Pope and everybody endorses him as the Pope, I'm going to pray for his conversion because eventually he's going to get to, help, get to be held to account for failing to confirm that which was given by Christ to the apostles. You are supposed to pass on the deposit of faith. You are not supposed to pull this monkey nut bullcrap. And as long as he does that, he's infallible. But he doesn't just get to walk up on the dais and say, I have received a new revelation from God. Bro, that ain't Catholic. Period. Full stop. But we thought, yeah, no, I don't think you did think. We thought that if the Pope says jump, you have to say how high. What is this, the freaking Marines? This is about the salvation of souls, butt nugget. Trying to get you to heaven. Don't give a rip about climate change. The only climate I want to change is the climate of blasphemy, sodomy, usury, and murder. That's the climate I want to change. I don't give a damn about the temperature. God make it as hot as he wants. Bro, I've been to the desert. 145 degrees doesn't scare me. Oh, it could go up a whole nother degree and a half. Oh, it's a, so it goes up to 146 degrees. Ooh. Is that with or without humidity? Been there before, boss. I've been to Alaska. Cold does oh, but it could drop down to negative 61. Newsflash, boss. You cannot physically tell the difference between negative 25, negative 30, negative 40, or negative 50. When you get to negative 60, it don't matter. Oh, it's negative 61.5? I don't care. Not any different to me. What I do care about is if you keep blaspheming the Lord's name, I'm going to cut your tongue out, you blaspheming, uncircumcised heathen. If you don't stop promoting usury, sodomy, and abortion, I'm going to beat you to death.
you bloody murdering bastard. Oh, they killed a whole bunch of women and children. All right. So did you. What? Are you saying we should do nothing? No, I'm saying they should do something. First, contemplate converting to Christ. Once you do that, you want to enter into RCIA when you can finish RCIA and you received and baptized and confirmed in the faith? Then let's talk. Because until then, nothing I do is going to actually save your soul. Oh, that's heartless. You don't care about women and children. I care about souls. I don't really care about bodies. That's true. <laughs> it's kind of different. But what if somebody killed you? Okay. I only care if I'm not in a state of grace, boss. <laughs> Other than that, don't care. Pray, hope, don't worry. Like, <clears throat> there's a couple of ways you can get there. Padre Pio, sainted. Padre Pio. Now, <clears throat> understand, St. Pio and I, before I converted, I did not like him. I couldn't tell what it was, but I did not like him. I'm assuming that it had more to do with the demons in, in and around me as to why I didn't like him. Then I converted, and he terrified me. The idea that this guy could read my soul like I walk into the confessional, and he could just read my soul and be like, you, get out, you're inveterate, you're wasting your bloody time, you're going to find no forgiveness here. And that's why he scared me, because that's actually what I was afraid he would say, something like that. Now? Oh, Heavenly Father, I beg for a confessor like Padre Pio. I can't even begin. And that now I understand that I can't even begin to fully convert unless I understand all of the things that I'm doing wrong. I can't even begin to convert until I understand what it is about my thought process, processes that are screwed. I can't begin to convert until I know the truth and I know how far I am from it. And I would sacrifice body parts, important body parts, vital body parts. Bro, you could cut my heart out if, if in the moments beforehand, like before you cracked open my chest and just gouged out my heart, if in the moments beforehand, I had an opportunity to go to a confessor like, like Padre Pio. You could have all of it. You could burn it. You could sodomize. I don't care. Well, I prefer you didn't sodomize it. Like, don't defile it. But bury me, please. <clears throat> I would give anything for a confessor like Padre Pio. That level of gift? Do you understand? Probably not. Some of you do, to be sure. Some of you are like, oh, seriously, you just said I probably don't understand. No, 
Some of you probably absolutely understand the gift of being able to just like have him like poke his head out the confessional. Yo, bro, you need to fix this, this, and this before you even walk in here. <clears throat> then, is that everything? Are you sure that's everything? No, bro, you forgot about this, 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 and this. Do you understand? What a gift! Freaking tears in my eyes right now over this. <laughs> That's all I care about. I'm horrified that all of those unbaptized souls went to hell. That was the crime. It wasn't the murder. I mean, it was the murder, obviously. But by comparison, it wasn't... Do not be afraid of that which kills the body, but be afraid of that which can cast both body and soul into Gehenna. Pretty sure that's in sacred scripture. Pretty sure I heard someone very, very important say that just once. Maybe twice. Maybe taught a whole ministry based on that whole thing. Maybe inspired King David to say better is to be poor. It's better to be poor and have that genuine fear of God than it is to have much wealth and fall into perdition. And if, if they knew, if every prime minister and president and senator and representative and parliamentarian, if every one of them knew, bro, you're going to get held to, held to account for all of those souls you destroyed. They would turn tail and run. They would crawl into the catacombs and fast and supplicate in sackcloth and ashes, and they would stay on their knees until the skin fell off of their, uh, peeled off of their, their legs and their patellas cracked. If they knew. <laughs> and what's more entertaining is on some sort of deep level, they do. The same inerrant scripture that I've been sort of bouncing around in also said that God would write it on all of our hearts. He would write the, write the gospel on our hearts so that we understood. He would write the natural, he would write the law on our hearts so we knew, so that we would know that when we rejected him to that degree, <laughs> hey bro, you want to be the reprobate? Go for it. But I believe in Jesus. Well, many will say in that day, many will call on me, Lord, Lord. And I will say, I did not know you. Be gone from here. Get out of my face and get into Gehenna. Go into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And once you get done weeping, then the gnashing begins. And the gnashing, I think, actually more or less has to do with the fact that you'll find out exactly how very little the love was in your heart. You'll find that you had not charity. You had not gratitude. 
you had not mercy. And they would know they have not mercy. They would know these things. They have to know these things on some level. They'll never admit it. But they have to know it on some level because, like I said, everybody, the vast majority of conservatives, contracept, abort, blaspheme, and they're not, they should, I pray they do, but they're not going to turn back. They're not going to undergo the metanoia necessary to come back to God. And the thing that really gets me I remember somebody saying that if you're baptized the punishment's worse. What is the formula? I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Or, also acceptable, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. How many Protestants <laughs> are baptized They're marked for God. The church teaches that anyone can baptize, and all they have to do is intend to do what the church would do and follow the formula. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. How many Protestants are baptized? The baptized receive a worse punishment than the unbaptized. Just like the confirmed Catholics receive a worse punishment than just the baptized. If you're baptized and never confirmed, if you're baptized you never have Holy Communion, if you had Holy Communion once, your punishment is worse than if you never had Holy Communion. Think about that. And this is a Protestant nation where the vast majority of people that maybe didn't take it seriously, <laughs> but they are baptized. Gracious. Might be a good idea to pray for all of them. Might be a good idea to pick up your rosary and maybe say an extra couple Hail Marys. Might be a good idea. to intercede on their behalf. Because I have this distinctive feeling that I kind of caught a glimpse of what it is that they're in for. And I, the barest shadow of a glimpse, if I actually saw what they were in for, I'd probably die. And that's saying something, because I've seen some heinous crap. Conservatives, you forgot the number one rule. 
and I'm sorry I waited till all the way to the end to say it. The fact is, conservatives are not activists. And in a democracy where the voice of the people supposedly matters, you actually have to raise your voice to be heard. Otherwise, it goes to everyone else. And that's why they win. Can't be a democracy. Can't be a republic. Has to be. Has to be. A monarchy. It's the only way. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.